All right, welcome back, everyone. Alex, how are you? I'm good, Kanji, how are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, in the past conversations, we talked a lot about collaborative platforms, and I got to thinking that some people might not know what that is. And so I thought we'd give people an extra treat today and show them visually how to obtain an API and get the structure set up in a collaborative platform. Uh, how's that sound? That's a good idea. We're, yeah, we'll try something new. The collaborative platforms are, are really helpful, whether you want to use it for your family um, or even in for business use. It's it's really helpful. So we, instead of doing just a verbal podcast today, we're going to record this and upload the video so you can see step by step how to do it. And we'll talk through the benefits. So I think it's a good idea. All right. So just to cover everything that we will go over, we're going to be going over understanding APIs, what they are, what they stand for what a collaborative platform is, who would benefit from a collaborative platform, and that who is a collective who of organizations and groups and families. Obtaining <laughs> uh, and setting up the API key. Ooh, API, that's a scary word. We'll get into it. Uh, how to use the platform, and then uh, some additional points to consider if you're a larger organization. Anything I'm missing there? That sounds like a good summary. All right, cool, man. I think we're good. Let's do it understanding apis okay so before we dive into the core topics it's crucial to understand what an api is so api stands for application programming interface a term that might seem scary intimidating hairy right halloween's coming up api <laughs> dress up as an api i don't uh, think that'll go over well with the kids <laughs> that's fair that's fair. Uh, and, you know, if you don't have an IT background or uh, coding background or anything like that, it, it can be a bit scary, right? Um, so that being said, Alex, demystify it for us. What is an API? I think just in simple terms, an API. So in in this um, conversation, you have ChatGPT and then you have the language model and, and the programming that runs all of that. So when you prompt and ask a question, it gives you an answer. The API is used by developers and, and uh, software companies so that they can connect to the engine behind ChatGPT and incorporate it into their own software. So what we're gonna show you, they're called uh, ChatGPT wrappers. So it's just a different interface that is wrapped around ChatGPT and they use the API to show you the, um, the prompt field. And then when you prompt a question, it goes and pulls that or sends that information to ChatGPT. ChatGPT generates the response and it comes back and appears in this ChatGPT wrapper that we're going to show you. Ah, awesome. Make sense? It does. Is there a difference between the East Coast and the West Coast wrappers? But <laughs> not that kind of wrapper, man. I was just seeing if you'd get it. You got it. We're hip, everybody. Woo! All right, bringing it back. Okay. Today. <laughs> so the collaborative platforms, these APIs are going to feed into the collaborative platforms. Tell me what a collaborative platform is. First, give me current state. What are most people looking at versus the alternative that we're going to show them, which is the collaborative platform? Well, right now, if you have a ChatGPT account, only you can use it um, or you can share your login credentials and you know give it to your your spouse and, and they can use it when you're not using it. The collaborative platforms are really helpful because you can one, save money. 
you can just use your um, you can use your account subscription or one account subscription and use that to provide everybody information. And you can also set up different folders and different access for different people. So for example, it, I could have the account set up. I can share one with my son. He can have a folder and use it just as if he had his own separate account. And then I can give an account to my wife or give access to my wife. So, so she has a folder. So you're able to share with a kind of one account, give access to multiple people, and they all have their own workspace. So instead of each individual person paying $20 for an individual UI, a user interface from the web login, you're saying that we can have one space where they all still have their own individual logins, but it goes to a collaborative space. Yes. So you can either collaboratively, you can share it in a, co a collaborative environment, uh, the different folders or the workspace. You can also share conversations. So a conversation wouldn't be, it's not real time yet. Uh, it's pretty close. But for example, I can have a conversation going uh, at my office and then my wife can log in and join into that conversation and prompt it as well as I can. So I can prompt, get a response. She'll then see the refresh screen. She could prompt and get a response. And then once that response generated, I'll see a refresh screen. So you can have people in different locations and they can also work in the same conversation. That's amazing. So the limitations yeah. that were happening before was you could share those chats, right? In chat GPT, but you couldn't collaboratively or in any sort of real time be prompting on the same question at the same time, correct? That's right. Yeah. When you, when you share a or right now, when you share a conversation in chat GPT, you're kind of handing it off and then you don't interact with it anymore. And the person you share it with can add it to their chat GPT account and then start using it, but you don't have any access to it and you can't participate in that conversation. So with these, these collaborative chat GPT wrappers, you can do that. You can, um, for example, share a conversation. If you're, child is at school and college and you want to uh, collaborate on something, you can set up a conversation and then they can access it. It's almost kind of like if you're working together. So it'd be great. That's awesome. That's And we'll come into the warnings about the different types of groups that are going to be utilizing this. But we talked about families. Tell me what other types of groups would benefit from a collaborative platform. This is really good for business as well. And, and I use it this way. Um, so I can have different team members that have access to it. So I can have a, a marketing persona set up as a conversation, and then I can have a, a, a marketing assistant come in and work in the same thing. So if I wanted to create a new blog post, I could have my assistant create the blog post, and then I can access that conversation, look at it, prompt and you know make any changes that I want. And then when it's finished, send them a message and say, hey, this conversation or this uh, this blog post is good to go. And then they can take it and, and run with it. Um, you can have you know, multiple people if you're collaborating on a client project, you could have your colleagues working on the same conversation. Again, whether you're in the same office or you're uh, in different locations, it, you know, it's great for remote workers. So it's a really handy tool for, for businesses and, and people that wanna collaborate using ChatGPT. I think schools would also be able to benefit from this as well. I know there's some limitations, you know, on the federal restrictions and whatnot, but have having bypassed all of that, if we were in a, an educational setting, there would be use case here for collaborative learning, I would argue as well. 
Yeah, definitely. Like you mentioned, there are some federal guidelines that that schools have to um, have to follow for younger children, young, younger students. But for us in our uh, kids academy, where we're teaching the children how to use ChatGPT and how to create personas, we use the same environment. So each student has their own folder, and then when we give them an assignment or a task to do, they open up a new conversation in their folder. They name it with the date or whatever the project name is they prompt it or go through the chain of prompts and then we can go in and see what how each student is is prompting and what the responses are and how they react to those so we've mentioned this before with education in, in schools that i don't think ChatGPT or ai is going away it needs to be um, adopted in schools and one of the best ways to do that at any level is give assignments let students use ai and but part of that assignment should be the teacher should have access to the prompts and the responses so they can see how students are using ChatGPT and correct any things, any any issues that are going wrong or help them improve how they prompt or how they do chain prompts. So in, in an educational setting, those folders are really helpful because one that the teacher can look and review what the student's doing. And then how we also use it is we can have a student have the students work on an assignment or a task, and then they can collaborate with each other by looking at their their um, their work partner's folder. Yep, absolutely. And I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you circled that back because it's not just the teachers to the students and the students to the teachers. It's student to student because they can learn from other students, their their fellow students, successes and mistakes. So I think it's a it's a huge benefit to be able to see um, all of that learning in a group setting. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I hundred percent agree with you. Different way of working. Absolutely. So moving on then let's get down to the nitty gritty, the nuts and bolts about how to set this up. So this will be probably the most instructional uh, informational piece for everybody that's uh, watching this. They don't have to just listen to it this time. They'll be watching us, how we're obtaining these APIs and then integrating them into a collaborative platform. So I think the first thing that we're going to want to do is let's get an API. Right. So um, can you show us where to go to get an API? And specifically, what we're going to focus in on is OpenAI's APIs. Yes, and we'll put the links in the comments of the when we post this so you can click on them and, and go to them. But you'll go to the OpenAI website. Um, you'll log in or if, if you don't have an account already, you'll have to create one. And then you'll come to a screen here. Uh, you'll go to the billing section on the left-hand side in the overview. And yours might look a little different than mine. I've had this for a little while. Um, I believe there's a, a button right here that'll say payment plan or create payment plan. So you'll click on that, enter in your credit card, um, and then go on a payment plan or, or select one of the payment plans or kind of prepay. So you can put a small amount. You don't need a lot of money to prepay. You can do $5 or $10. One of the really, I guess, benefits to using one of these wrappers, these ChatGPT wrappers and, and the API is that if you don't have a pro ChatGPT account, the, the ChatGPT4 account that's $20 a month, this will give you kind of the same access. The wrappers give you a, an option to use ChatGPT4 if you have an API. And honestly, the $20 that you pay for ChatGPT4 you would need to use millions of tokens in order to get to $20. So you can see a whole family of four can use this API through a chat GPT wrapper, 
uh, for a whole month and your bill will be like four or five dollars. So it's more economical using the API. Um, and again, you don't need a, a huge amount of money here. Yeah. And again, just the caveat there for everybody listening, it really depends on how much you're using it. So uh, an average users of a family of four would probably four to five dollars. But if you're pulling in uh, automated APIs, the, the uh, price will absolutely increase. Yeah, if you get a large bill, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Just CYAing for you, Alex. I got Here you. Here we go. Protection. <laughs> All right. So everyone now, they've got this, this set up. They've got their billing set up. So now we're going to find our API. So can you lead us to that section of OpenAI's website? Yes. Back down to the menu on the left side, you'll go down to the user section and the API key area. And then you'll see a screen that'll be like this. Yours will be blank here in the middle. You won't have any keys. So you just want to click on create new secret key. So you can create multiple keys here. Um, they are called secret secret keys for a reason. They This is like access to your account. So it's going to create a, um, a long code that'll be your key. And we're going to enter the key in the ChatGPT wrapper so that that ChatGPT wrapper software can connect to ChatGPT and then go back and forth with responses and prompts. It's important to keep those keys secret uh, just because if somebody gets access to them, then they can use your ChatGPT account and then you can get bills that are hundreds of dollars or more. So just keep those secret. Yep. And so when he creates this and Oops. hits create secret key, what's going to happen is you get this crazy long section He'll copy it, put it in a very secret place. Don't let this out. This is like your credit card number, everybody. Don't send this out. Um, Alex will delete this one. So yes. we won't have to worry about that later, but we are going to grab the, the API. And then once he hits done, you'll notice that it uh, becomes super secret and you won't be able to access that again. So I'll tell you again, once you create it, you better copy it and keep it someplace safe because you can't get back to it. You can't reopen it to find it again. You'll have to create a new one. Yeah, you can. It's important to note that you can reuse these keys. You don't have to create a key for just one thing. You can use the same key for multiple things. Um, so if you do lose it, you can always go and delete it uh, from your dashboard, create another key, and then go and update your software. But um, so you, you don't just need to. You don't just need to use one key for one application. So it's a good idea, though, just in case you do want to use it again in different applications. You click on copy, um, click done, then go into maybe a Google Doc or a Word Doc, and then just paste that key in there and, and save that document so you have it. And then um, I believe it was this one. It was down here. Now my secret key is down here. So that's that's what you need to get going. Yeah, and if you hit that edit button, go ahead and show everybody there. Alex, if you hit the edit button, you still won't be able to access the, the key itself. You can just rename it, right? Rename it, yeah. Be test, but you won't be able to access the API key again, as you just saw. So perfect. Now we have the API key. What are we going to do with this? So there's a number of different wrappers, um, ChatGPT wrappers. One that we like to use and we're using internally here is called Team GPT. Again, we'll have the link in the uh, comments so you can go to it easily. So when you go to the website, it'll ask you to create an account. So you can either uh, link it to your Google account or, or open an account, create an account with your email and a password. And then when you log in, this is what you'll see. So it's in some ways similar to ChatGPT, like the left-hand side here. 
will list all of your conversations. Um, we want to go and add the API key so that we can use it. So right in the middle here, it'll say set API key. You'll just click on that. And up here in the input field, you'll just paste your API key and click save. It'll tell you down at the bottom here that it's saved. It was changing, now it's saved. So now we can use it and ChatGPT4 is gonna be enabled here in this, this wrapper. So that's the setup part of it. Perfect. Um, yep. Yep, that was gonna, that you, you, you had your finger right on my next question is, okay. how do we make this collaborative? So right now you could use this on your own. It has some features that ChatGPT doesn't, which we'll um, just review really quickly after this. And then the big feature that we're talking about is collaboration. So on the top right, or kind of the middle right, you can click on invite, and then you can invite uh, your members, depending on the account that you subscribe for. Um, I think it's 10 or 25, or I think there's a third one that's even higher. So for most people, the uh, first two accounts will be more than enough but you can add your family members here or your business colleagues here. They'll get an invite and they can activate their, uh, their account. And then they'll also see this. So everybody that is a user will have a personal folder. So that would be just like ChatGPT where you can create conversations, interact with them and only you'll see them. And then you have on the left-hand side here, uh, a shared section. And in the shared section are folders and conversations that you create that your team has access to. So you can see here, you can create different folders. I can rename it here. Let's do folder one. So you can do it for different things. It could be, uh, you know, if your family, it could be fitness. You could have another folder for, um, for a tutor. Let's go back here. So you can have different subjects here and then within the folder, once you're in the folder here, you can click the plus sign. Yeah, let's go ahead and make a, a quick math tutor. And it's gonna create, or it's gonna open up a, a chat window here for you. So it'll be important here, you can see up here, you can change it if you made a mistake to personal, so it'll only show up in your personal folder, um, shared here. So now it'll be shared with anybody in my team or anybody in the family. And then you can choose which chat GPT model you want to use. So the slower, not as uh, powerful engine that chat GPT 3.1 is, is available. And then chat GPT 4 is also available. So it's usually going to be this one that you're going to select. One of the uh, benefits to using the API is if you're familiar with chat GPT 4, you're limited to 50 prompts within, is it three hours, I think, three hours. And then after that, you can't use it anymore. And if you have a conversation and you forget that you, or you kind of click through and go past the 50 prompts in three hours, it'll downgrade your conversation to ChatGPT3, which basically kind of makes it not very useful anymore. You have to recreate it. So here, you're not limited to that number of prompts in three hours. You can just keep going. That's a nice feature. That is. Uh, and speaking for the the personal versus the shared, and this is just a call out to the parents and the teachers out there, right? So the personal, you won't have access as an administrator to personal folders, but 
if you are a parent and you have your kids utilizing their phones, what we do is we look at their text. We set that up as an expectation. Like, look, you can put stuff in your personal stuff, but at any time I'm going to go in there and look at it. So it's one of those things like just to be aware of, have that conversation before you uh, allow your, your kids or your students to be able to jump in here and let them know that, yes, there is a personal folder that's going to be uh, a little bit more personalized and secure. It's not going to be accessible by the, the other collaborators. But as a parent or an educator, you want to let them know that that um, you want to ensure that they're using it responsibly and that from time to time, you'll be looking at their personal folder. Yeah. And so my son, I have him set up like this and he has a personal folder and he has the shared folders. I tell him whenever he's using it to always use a shared folder just so that I can monitor and see what he's doing. And then also, again, help him improve his, his prompting and his chain prompting to get better results. Um, so I don't actually have to go and kind of look over his shoulder on the computer or his laptop. I can do it remotely. I can do it from a different room. Um, so that's how we use it, but you have the option. So as Kanji said, the personal folders are personal. You don't have access to them remotely, um, and but the shared folders you do. Yep, yep. Now that was a great tutorial. I appreciate your time, Alex, and setting all of that up. I think um, as parents uh, and smaller groups, this will be super, super useful. Uh, I know I can use this with not only my own family, but with my extended family. We use it with the kids to, to educate them as well. Some of the features that ChatGPT doesn't have that, that are in these wrappers is, you know, if you have different folders, you can reorganize them, which is nice. You can put them in order. If you use it a lot, you know, your conversations are going to start uh, accumulating in the left-hand tree and it's hard to find things. So they do have a search feature as well. So when you're up in the search, you can type in a word or a couple of words, and it'll go through all of the conversations and highlight them so you can more easily find what you're looking for. Um, so that's really helpful. We use that a lot. So for, for companies, I think it's definitely a good tool um, to share with colleagues and assistants and, and other teammates, even external people that are on your team that you may be collaborating with. The um, There's always a security concern as a company anything that's, whether it's in ChatGPT or this wrapper, it's it's going through OpenAI. So your information is not publicly available, like where somebody can easily access it, but it is out there in the public and OpenAI has access to it. So that's one of the, one of the things to be concerned about. Um, for some teams, you might have to work with your IT department to get access to these wrappers. They might not be approved by the IT department. So that's something that is important to to think about. Um, I would Kanji, do you have a couple of other things that you I, were thinking about? Yeah, that, just the AP security. So there is a, a, a secure procedures to uh, house your API keys, understanding the API documentation. If you're a, a, an IT administrator, um, implementing the user authentication for secure access. I think you mentioned that already, ensuring combat compatibility with your existing tools and software as well. Um, there are a couple other things to think about is just customizing the G, uh, chat GPT model to suit your platform. And that's a good one because there are different platforms. Team GPT is the one we are showing you. But um, since we do have the screen up, there are a couple of other ones that we can show them. Um, we can show them. Uh, uh, previously, what was known as chat ABC is now called Team AI. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I, I think well, another thing, another uh, benefit or another um, consideration point too for companies is most companies have a, a computer use policy or an IT policy. 
this will definitely fall into that. And it might might need to be revised just because of the type of interaction you're going to have and, and some of the ethical things that they can, um, their concerns with AI. So there, there might need to be some updating to the computer use policies. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So there's a, a number, um, yeah, a number of different wrappers. We actually use, I think probably, I think it's three of them, uh, three or four. This is one. So depending on, they, they're all pretty similar. Uh, I think it's maybe just the cost and the number of users that um, is the, the big differentiator between them. Another one that is really good. We like using it. It's kind of a, a nicer interface. It looks a little bit different than ChatGPT or um, TeamGPT as well is Magi. Um, this one is the same thing. It has different folders that you can create. You can move the folders around. You can invite your team members. And I think one feature that um, we didn't see in the other one is when you start a new chat, I'm going to refresh here. It's going to ask you which model you want to use. And it, it doesn't just have ChatGPT 3.5 and 4. It also has a, another language model called Claude which is um, the, their motto is that they are trying to be a safer, oh, I mean, I forget, more ethical language model. So it, it is um, very good at writing. It's more creative. And it sounds a lot more human-like in a lot of its responses. So it doesn't, it's, it, it's not the same as ChatGPT4 and the responses are different and it's maybe not as powerful in some senses, but you have, access to all four of these different models here. Yeah. And, and there's also, just, oh, sorry, real quick. Claude just recently um, launched their pay for play as well. So um, they have more advanced models, but you also have to pay for it now. Previously, that's also $20, $20 and 61 or 67 cents, I think with tax a month. Yep. And with this one as well, what's interesting is they have personas. So you can also, when you're starting a conversation, kind of narrow things down and get maybe a better response. So you can pick the model that you want to use and then the type of persona. So they have a whole list here, of like an expert copywriter, a journalist, a marketing expert. I, I think it's important to note that kind of in general, personas that are used and, and software that says they have personas and gives you options like this, they are very basic. So the personas that we talk about and we teach are multi-step um, personas or documents, profiles. And then we also use chain prompts or multiple prompts to improve the conversation. So these aren't the same, but it definitely gives you, a, you know, kind of a better, a more, a bigger jump start than just having a regular prompt, just asking for something and, and not having any context behind it. So that's yeah, another better, benefit here too. Better than Ajay. nothing, but not as good as something else. Right. Yeah. So we've got Magi, we've got Team G GPT. You want to just pull up uh, Team AI as well, just to show people. What yeah, I'll, I'll show you this too, because I'm just clicking on it right now. So the Team GPT has this feature as well. So does Magi and um, Chat ABC that we're going to show you, or Team ABC. They also have save prompts. So if there's a prompt that you're using a lot, you can also save it so it's in a library. And you can have personal save prompts, and you can have team or shared save prompts. So your team, you can create, I can create a prompt and share it with my team and they can use it. So those are really handy to uh, keep things listed here and, and not have to always look them up somewhere else or try to remember what they are. So those are important. The third one that we use, uh, and this is the one that we're using with our students is, used to be called Chat ABC. It recently 
like Kanji said, are rebranded to Team AI. So we kind of interchange. We don't don't use we're not used to using Team AI right now, but it's the same uh, the same setup. And they have a free account. I think I can't see. You can they have a free account. Um, so this might be a good option to try if you want to get into collaborative environments and see if it's something for you. And then you can maybe choose one of the other ones. But it works the same way where you can create a new chat. Chat. It's going to be it's going to open up in your personal folder um, or you can click on one of your other folders and if they're shared when you create a new chat in that in that folder here it's going to open up and your team will have access to this one yep and here in also in team ai it works uh like the code interpreter um, or i forget the new name they have it for chat avs or chat gpt there's a uh, file upload here so you can upload pdfs and word documents and interact with them here so that's built into this this um, chat gpt wrapper yep that's great anything else that we missed so what we went over was what an api was we demystified it we made it less scary we integrated it into a collaborative platform and we talked about all the different groups that would benefit from this uh, and as well as give you lots of examples about how to um, to get started. Anything from your end, Alex, that we're missing? I think that's a pretty good overview of the ChatGPT wrappers in the collaborative environment that you can use with AI. Uh, it's definitely, it's a neat tool, especially with this one that's free, where you can get some free access and, and try it out. And um, you can also save money with it. So it's it's pretty neat. It is pretty neat. And it runs it East is. Coast to West Coast. There you oh. go. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks again. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully everybody found this as useful as I did. So thanks, Alex. Yep. Thank you. And if you have any questions about these collaborative environment programs, just put them in the, in the comments and we'll get back to you.